Good morning, everyone. Welcome. We are glad that you are here. It's good to share this time of Thanksgiving with everyone. Thanksgiving is right around the corner, isn't it? We're glad that you're here today. Welcome to everyone. We welcome our guests, especially this morning. Uh, You're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here and uh, hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take those and fill them out so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, And also, if you would like to receive our email newsletter, please be sure to put your email address on there. It comes out every Thursday, and we will email that to you. And uh, it's a good reminder of the opportunities for worship and service and fellowship that we have going on here at Community Baptist Church. We have a, a few announcements to, uh, to call to your attention. Uh, Sue Berry, I think, has an announcement. Would you want to? Yes, it, it, it continues to rise, right? Yeah, so if you go out to eat with this bag of dough, you may come back and your car is full. <laughs> yes. Thank you. 
And Vicki Jenkins wanted me to let you know December 10th we'll be delivering goodies to our shut-ins like we do every year during the Christmas season. And if you can fix cookies or candy, we've got approximately 20 shut-ins that we'll be delivering to that day. And if you can have those here around 9 o'clock, that'd be great. And we'll get trays together and then we'll go out and visit. Or if you can come and help us deliver that day, that'd be great too. Thank you. We have a number of things going on. Uh, this is the, uh, the week of Thanksgiving, and we're, this is kind of our Thanksgiving service here at Community Baptist Church. And so in, in that uh, spirit, I would like to say thank you uh, to all of our hoops and cheers, folks. We uh, finished up our season yesterday. Unfortunately, I was not able to be here yesterday, but I under th- understand things went, went tremendously, as I, know that they, they, uh, as I knew that they would. And, uh, and we are so grateful. This is our first year launching out on our own. Uh, we used to be involved with, with Upward, and we kind of went out on our own this year. And I think it's been a tremendously successful year. So thank you to everybody involved with that. As a matter of fact, if you were involved with Upward in, in any way, please stand up. We want to say, say I'm sorry, hoops and cheers. Okay. Thank you. We are so grateful for you. Also, in, in, uh, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I want to announce that uh, uh, we will be having our community-wide Thanksgiving service tonight. Uh, this is an ecumenical service, and it will be held at uh, Bennett Memorial United Methodist Church at 7 o'clock this evening. And so I hope you can be there and share that time together. We will not be having our regular Wednesday services this week. Um, uh, because we know that some people are traveling out of town and others are cooking, are cooking turkey. So uh, no, no services on Wednesday. We'll resume everything next week. And now uh, for a celebration. Would you like to have a little Thanksgiving celebration? Okay. I need five volunteers. Rachel. Greg. We need Katie. Wyatt. Okay. need one more. Yeah, come on up. Come on up. Michael, come on up here. All right. I need two of you to get that chain right there and stretch it out. Actually, I'm going to need you for something else here in a minute, Wyatt. Actually, we might need one more. That's, that's, that's probably pretty good. I, I might need one more volunteer. Can I get one more? Nora. Nora, come on. Uh, she volunteered. Oh, CJ. Okay, CJ. That's good. All right. All right. So we have one chain there. Uh, now, uh, CJ, take this one. Put it, put it uh, even with, with Michael there, Rachel, and just kind of hold it out. Probably I'll do this opposite because uh, Wyatt is hidden now. <laughs> Where'd it go? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, and uh, Katie? You get this, and, I, and I, you'll get your instructions in just a minute there. 
All right. From from early on, uh, we have been taught that it is a it is, it is good manners to say please and thank you. And indeed, uh, these are good phrases to include in your normal vocabulary. We say please when we're asking for something. Can I please have a glass of water? Can uh, can I please borrow your pen? Uh, and we say thank you when uh, you have received something or when someone does something nice for you. Thanks for the ice cream. Thanks for dinner. And, um, and it's Thanksgiving on Thursday, which calls to all of our minds the many things that we have to be thankful for. And I'd like to exercise a little uh, personal privilege here to say that I am tremendously thankful for this church. Your spirit of love and ministry sometimes just overwhelms me, and I'm just so grateful for you. And there are so many reasons that I'm grateful for you uh, that it would take the rest of the hour to go through them, so, but I'm going to refrain, refrain from that. Sorry, okay. Um, however, I would like to say please and thank you today for a very specific reason, or more accurately, really, two specific reasons. First of all, I want to say thank you regarding our Unleashed Debt Reduction Campaign. Because of your generosity of so many, of, so many people, we have done very well in reducing our debt since the beginning of the year. In fact, what we have here is a little demonstration to help visualize our progress so far. We've got two chains. Uh, Greg, stretch it on out there all the way there. Thank you. We've got two chains uh, and we chose the, the theme of Unleashed for our debt reduction campaign because we felt that it accurately portrayed what we've been feeling for a very long time, that we've been tied, that we've been chained, that we've been leashed to our mortgage debt like a slave. You see before you the long chain, and this represents our total debt from the very beginning. There are 120 links in that chain. Each of those links represents $10,000. And so this long chain represents our total debt from the very beginning, $1.2 million. We also have this shorter chain representing the debt that we began with when we started our Unleashed Debt Reduction Campaign at the beginning of the year. On January the 1st, our mortgage balance was just a smidge under $600,000. And so on this change, there are 60 links, with each link representing $10,000 for a total of $600,000. And so basically what I'm saying is that it took us, it has taken us about 20 years to pay down half of our original loan. For our future ability for our church to thrive we felt that we could not wait another 20 years to get this debt down. And so we began this year with a concerted effort to pay down our debt. So how have we done? Well, let's take a look. Katie, I want you to go around here to the front in the middle over there by Rachel. Get on the other side. Go, yeah, get on the other side there. There you go. Rachel, come up a little bit. Hold, hold it a little bit further in. Hold, hold the chain a little bit further. Get several links in. Katie, cut one of those links. Okay. That's a reduction of $10,000. 
It's pretty good, isn't it? Doesn't that feel good that we don't owe that $10,000 anymore? Doesn't it feel good that we will never have to pay interest on that $10,000 ever again? Let's cut another one. Okay, that's $20,000. Wow, that's pretty wonderful, isn't it? We're not done yet. Cut another one. Cut another one. Cut another one. Wow, $50,000. Are you happy about that? Guess what? We're not done yet. Cut another one. Cut another one. Cut another one. Could it be possible that we have paid more than $80,000 since the beginning of the year? No, it's not possible. We're not done yet. Cut another one. (laughs) And cut, cut even another one. Yes, my friends, we have reduced our debt by $100,000 since the beginning of the year. Our balance on our debt now stands at $495,953. I know I didn't say that right, but you get the picture. I heard what you meant. You heard what I meant. Thank you. And so I say to you on this great day, thank you, thank you. Thank you. For every $10,000 uh, we reduce our debt, we're going we're gonna to remove another link from this chain until we are finally totally unleashed from our debt. So thank you for your tremendous generosity. Now, I told you I was going to say please and thank you. Now for the please. This is important work that we, we've been working towards to ensure that, that we are in good financial shape for the long term. However, we also need to be mindful about the here and now. And I have to be honest with you that even though our Unleashed campaign is going great, our regular budgetary offering has been suffering. Uh, And we've been dipping into our reserves almost every month, and there is a limit to our reserves. And we are quickly approaching that limit. And so your finance team would like to begin today and make the rest of November and all, at least through December, a season of catching up. Uh, We need to build our reserves back up to a comfortable level. And so we said thank you for your generosity towards our Unleashed campaign, and now we would like to say please help us out here. Uh, Consider giving an extra amount during this next period of time until we're in a better financial uh, condition. Uh, Some of us on the finance team are going to take the amount that we have uh, uh, been giving to our Unleashed campaign and temporarily, and I've stressed the word temporarily, apply that to our regular budget until we feel a little more comfortable with where we are. Uh, Some of you may want to consider doing that as well. And then we'll pick back up with going after that debt in a big way again. So there it is. Thank you. Thank you for your amazing generosity to our Unleashed campaign, $100,000. Amazing. And please 
consider helping us get back in good financial standing with our regular budget. Now let's prepare our hearts for worship. Please join me in our responsive reading for today. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Give thanks to the Lord and call upon His name. God blesses us with gifts of love. God blesses us with daily work. 
God protects us in time of danger. God calls us into relationship with Him. Therefore shall we offer thanks and praise to the Lord our God.
Boys and girls, Miss Rachel's here for children's moment. Okay, can you hear me? Yay? No? Yes? Okay. Got to your voice. I'm pretty loud anyway. Um, so I have one quick question for you guys. Um, why do you think it's important to give God thanks? Why is giving thanks to God important? Well, I'm going to read um, a couple things to you guys that I was kind of reading up on. And um, the Bible is filled with all types of commands of giving thanks. And it, it talks about how feeling and expressing appreciation is actually good for us, believe it or not. Like any wise father, God wants us to learn to be thankful for all the gifts he is giving us. It is our best interest to be reminded that everything we have is a gift from him. Thankfulness keeps our heart in right relationship to the giver of all good gifts. Giving thanks also reminds us how much we do have. Humans, everyone, is prone to want what others have. Have you guys ever felt like that? Been like, man, I wish I had this or I wish I had that. Is there something you guys have wanted and you, you don't have? All right, Tyler, what's something that you wished you wanted that you don't have at the time? Huh? Sorry. Um, Ryan, I don't know why I said Tyler. You're Tyler today, okay? <laughs> He's like, I'm not Tyler. <laughs> Lady, I'm not Tyler. Okay, Ryan, I'm sorry. You've Ryan. even got a library named after you. I should know that, right? Um, Ryan, what is something that you are thankful, or that, sorry, that you wish you had that you do not have? Is there like a toy or something that you, no? All right, why? Why? like, there's a lot of things I wish. All right, Mommy, listen. A hoverboard. There's probably good reasons why you do not have that. As much as you fall around on the floor, I can see why your mother does not give you one. Because you will fall even more. Well, okay, right now, I wish I had a, my ultimate dream car is a convertible. A Mustang convertible. But A, I do not have it because I'm young. And, I know, well, whoever it is, I'm taking it, I'm driving off with it. Um, I'm too young, believe it or not, I'm too young, and my insurance would skyrocket, and they're, they're not the safest of the car, so, um, so there's something that I wished I had, but we tend to focus on, sometimes on what we don't have, and by giving thanks, it helps us to remind us of what we do have, um, and first, let's, Thessalonians, I can never say that right says, in everything we give, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We are to be thankful for not only for the things that we like, but for the circumstances that we don't like. When we um, purposefully thank God for everything that he allows us to come into our lives, we keep bitterness at bay. You guys know what bitterness is? Ryan, what's bitterness? Or Tyler, Tyler, what's bitterness? <laughs> okay, when you like, when 
you're mad about something, um, <laughs> anger, like you're, you know, okay, here's a small example. You stumped your toe and you're like, gosh darn it, whatever stumped your toe, like say you stumped your toe on a, um, on a step. And you're like, gosh darn it, step, I'm very angry, you hurt me, you hurt my toe. Okay, or you're mad at, you know, your mom and dad because they grounded you because you weren't listening or you were, didn't do your chores or something. You're kind of angry. Um, we do not thank God for evil, but we thank him for sustaining us through it. That's found in James um, chapter 1, verse 12. We don't thank him for harm he did not cause, but we thank him for when he gives us strength to endure it. And that's found in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 4. Um, I'm going to give you guys another example. Some, most of you know, if not all of you guys know, um, will learn about it, but um, 12 years ago, I was in a coma for six months. You guys know what it is when you're in a coma, what that means? What's it mean, Wyatt? Yeah, you're asleep. And I was asleep, um, but I also had machines breathing for me and a machine feeding me because I couldn't do anything on my own. And um, at the time, my parents could have stayed mad and bitter at God at the situation, and, um, but then they wouldn't have seen the blessings that came from me being sick. And um, they did this book, a Care Pages, um, not only for, like, others to hear about what was going um, on with me, but also to kind of, like, uh, give my, let my parents, ex- you know, tell everyone what happened. But I'll show you guys some pictures of some things. Like, I had to learn how to, after my coma, I had to learn how to walk um, and eat on my own. And, uh, but I was looking through this, and there's a couple things that um, pointed out to, like, my parents would write. And, for example, um, right here it says, um, I think I think it's my dad wrote this because he said something about Nora. So um, he because <laughs> at this time they'd been married for 30 years, and he was like, if she can put up with me, she can put up with the toughest thing so far. Um, he said, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> we are trying not to give up hope, but time, but time doesn't take a toll. But this time it does take a toll on a person. I ask for your prayers to give us strength and always lift Rachel up to God when she is like the tears that fall from our eyes every day. As a part of Nora and I to share, she has a lot more to do in this world. So they weren't asking, they weren't, at this time, they they weren't angry at the situation, but they were asking God for strength. Um, and there's a, uh, whew, sorry, but a time at Bart where it says, um, that you cannot be, be both thankful and bitter at the same time. Whew, sorry. <laughs> and if I would have stayed bitter and mad, I wouldn't have been able to overcome the things that I, the obstacles that I've been able to overcome. Whenever I was sick and in the coma, whenever um, I started to wake up, they told my parents, they said, either expect her to be a vegetable, which I wouldn't be able to do anything on my own, 
or someone will be having to take care of her for the rest of her life. And as you can see, I'm on my own. I've graduated um, college. I'm now teaching. Tyler over here knows. He sees me every day. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan sees me every day at school. And if I was to stay down and in the dumps, I wouldn't be able to go overcome and not instead. I thanked God every day for giving me the strength to endure it and to be thankful that I was alive and now healthy. And I tell my kids a lot of times um, at school, if they don't understand something, they get kind of frustrated. Okay, I was wondering why I was not speaking very well. That it's okay to be frustrated, but to be thankful helps you, to be thankful it helps you pull out of your frustration in your situation. Um, there's another thing that I read about in here. It says, we can have thankful hearts towards God even when we do not feel thankful for the circumstances. We can grieve and still be thankful. We can be angry at sin and still be thankful toward God. That is what the Bible calls a sacrifice of praise. Give, God, give thanks to God keeps our hearts in the right relationship with Him and saves us from a host of harmful emotions and attitudes that rub us, rub us of the peace God wants us to experience. And another thing that um, Dr. Hobbs will be talking about today is that a lot of times when we think of like Thanksgiving or thanks, we think of like the pilgrims and dinner and food and all the things we can be thankful for. But the big picture we need to be thankful for is God and how He's able to get us through... Um, a lot of things. And there was another thing I wanted to read, but I lost my place. So, uh, um, well, I'll find it eventually and read it to you guys. But um, I think they were just talking about how I was able to... Um, overcome and um as you can see on my own but um more of just coming out of this is that to be to not be if you're angry about something not to be bitter about it because if you can't be thankful and bitter at the same time so um thank you can thank god for um helping you get through um the tough things or situations that you're struggling with or if you're angry at something you know Say, you know, stop and say, thank you, God, for giving me the strength to get through this rough time or this bitterness or this sadness. Um, because um, you can't have both at the same time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's stand, please.
Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we offer these gifts to you, let us keep our hearts and our mind on you and the love that these offerings will continue to give to this community and the functions that they serve. And we continue to give our thanks to you in every offering that we give and in everything that we do. In your name that we pray, amen. Hello everybody, my name is C.J. Hamilton. I'll be joining the scripture reading today. It's Colossians 1, 11 through 20. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things are hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, 
by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Thank you, Lou. Beautiful. Thank you. This house is blessed, isn't it? I want to begin this morning with a little Thanksgiving riddle just to scratch your noggin a little bit. What do you get when when you cross a centipede with a turkey? Anybody? Drumsticks for everyone. Uh... Thanksgiving, the day we gorge ourselves on too much food, we watch too much football, and consider all the many things that we have to be thankful for. I heard about a group of moms who got together to compose, uh, composed a list of all the things that they were thankful for, and what they said that they were especially thankful for was automatic dishwashers. Because they make it possible for us to get out of the kitchen before the family comes back for after-dinner snacks. They're thankful for husbands who attack the small repair jobs around the house because they usually make them big enough to call in the professionals. They're thankful for children who put away their things and clean up after themselves. And they're such a joy that you just hate to see them go home to their own parents. They're thankful for teenagers because they give parents an opportunity to learn a second language. And finally, they're thankful for smoke alarms because they let you know when the turkey's done. Each of us, I'm sure, would have our own list of things for which we are thankful. Now, most of us are mature enough in our faith, I hope, to recognize that Thanksgiving can be a a, a rather tricky holiday because when we give thanks for our good health, for example, what does that say to those who do not have good health? Does that say that we are more deserving than they are or somehow God loves us more? No. And when we thank God for our nice homes or our, our families or our freedom as Americans, What does that say about good, decent, God-loving people around the world who don't share those blessings? And truth be told, I don't have a ready answer for those questions, and neither does anyone else. However, I would prefer that as we give thanks this Thursday or and all the rest of the year, 
that we do so for the right reasons. So what are some of the things that every Christian can be thankful for? Regardless of his or her circumstances in life, regardless of where they live in the world. Well, let's think about that for a moment. In our lesson from Paul's letter that C.J. read just a few moments ago, he began by giving thanks for the members of the church there. And he prays that they might be strengthened with all the strength that comes from God's glorious power and for all endurance and patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father. And I have to say that 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 is something that I am thankful for too. I am thankful for the members of this church. You know, as I stand at the door there each week and offer uh, handshakes and hugs, uh, occasionally somebody will come through that door and they'll, they'll look back behind them into the, into the room here and they see all the folks milling around and talking with one another. And, and sometimes they'll say something like, you might be a while, Pastor. They don't look like they're in much of a hurry to leave. And my response is always, that's okay, because that means they like each other. It means they love each other. They love one another. And I would much rather see that than for everyone trying to beat it to the door without talking to anyone else. I'm thankful for a church that loves one another. And that love shows through in so many more ways than just hanging around and talking. Paul was thankful for the church in in Colossae. I'm thankful for the church in Henderson. But then Paul gives the church at Colossae some very specific things to be thankful for. Paul tells us that the first thing that we should be thankful for is our inheritance. He writes, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Now Paul chose his words carefully. And we all know that an inheritance is not an award for anything that we have done, is it? An inheritance is not pay for a job well done. It's not something that someone earns or deserves or creates by his or her own devotion. No. An inheritance is a gift. In fact, it's a gift that is totally dependent on someone else's efforts. You may receive an inheritance Not because you're smart or energetic, but because perhaps your grandparents or your parents were smart or energetic. Or in some cases, maybe you received an inheritance because you had a a grandfather who never got caught. (laughs) Just saying. I think it was Mark Twain who said he spent a fortune trying to trace his family tree and spent twice as much trying to keep it a secret. (laughs) A little baby can come into a large inheritance simply by accident of birth. And one of the consequences of the new birth that comes through Jesus Christ is that we automatically immediately at that moment become heirs of all that God has in store for God's beloved children. What a staggering fact that is. In fact, it's so staggering that many of us have a hard time accepting it. 
Father John Powell, in his book, Unconditional Love, tells about when he was serving as a chaplain in Germany. There was a dear little 87-year-old nun who was assigned to care for his room. And he says that every time he left the room, even for just a moment, the good sister would come in and clean it. She would wax the floor, she would polish the furniture and all sorts of things. And and on one occasion when he left the room for just a short walk, he came back to find her on her knees, putting a final sheen on her waxing job, and he laughingly teased her saying, Sister, you work too hard. And this dear, devoted little nun straightened herself up, though still on her knees, and she looked at him with a seriousness that bordered on severity, and she firmly stated, Heaven isn't cheap, you know. (laughs) And you know, in a way she was right. Because heaven isn't cheap. In fact, it cost Jesus his life. However, eternal life is a part of our inheritance as children of God. Christ earned it, but we get to inherit it. You see, it troubles some of us that the gift of salvation is free. Because that means that there may be a few scoundrels that slip in. (laughs) But we forget that if heaven was based on merit... I would venture to say not a single one of us would be there. And then all of us would be in a pickle, wouldn't we? Think of it this way. Most of us have the privilege of being born here in America. And it's nothing that we earned or deserved. We could have just as easily been been born to a starving family in Sudan. But we weren't. We were born here in America. And because of that... Freedom is a part of our inheritance as children of this nation. It's just an accident of our birth. But of course the parallel is not exact because most of us were born in this country and it was not something that we chose. It was something that just happened to us. However, we must choose to accept the inheritance that Christ gives to us. In fact, that's the only requirement. We have to accept it. Nevertheless, it's free. And so every believer can give thanks this morning for the free inheritance that we have been given by God. Then the second thing that every one of us can be thankful for is the incarnation of Jesus Christ. In the prologue to John's Gospel, we are told that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And in our lesson from Paul this morning, we are told that the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And then a little later he writes, He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, so that that in everything he might have supremacy. Who's Paul talking about here? Well, there is no doubt he is speaking about the risen Christ. You see, without the incarnation of Christ, God becoming flesh and reconciling the world unto God's self, without that, there would be no inheritance. And so for God's incarnation, all of us can be thankful. Those of us who were here on Wednesday night, this past Wednesday night, 
we were inspired as we heard about the work of Marcelo Gomes, a missionary from Brazil who went to India. And I'm told that before he made the decision to become a missionary, he had a great job in the information technology field. And in fact, he had just gotten a promotion that was about to double his salary. Not too shabby, huh? But he and his wife felt compelled by God to drop everything that they had and travel, travel to the opposite side of the globe in order to give witness to the goodness of God. And that's pretty spectacular, isn't it? He is to be commended for that because he and his wife are replicating what God has already done and what we seek to do here at Community Baptist Church. We seek to practice what some people call incarnational theology. We seek to be the presence of Christ and serve a world in need. But let me tell you something, folks. It is much farther from the throne of God to a shabby stable in Bethlehem than it is from Brazil to to India or anywhere else. And yet Christ made that journey on our behalf. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. What wondrous love this is, O my soul. What wondrous love this is. Christ laid aside His crown for my soul, for my soul. Christ laid aside His crown for my soul. When Robert Louis Stevenson retired uh, to the Samoan Islands, He became a kind and generous friend to the natives there. And Stevenson was concerned that there was only a footpath leading from the harbor, uh, which his new friends had to walk along in order to bring provisions into the interior part of the island. And so with his own money and his own personal efforts, Stevenson had a good road constructed for the Samoans. And in gratitude, the Samoans called it the road of a loving heart. Well, I know of another road of a loving heart, don't you? And it is is crucial to everything that we believe as Christians. That God so loved the world that he made that long walk to come from where he was to where we are. When it was impossible for us to reach out to God, God reached out to us. You know, there are all kinds of things that differentiate the many types of Christians in this world. We may be divided by theologies. We may be divided by how we baptize people or who we allow around the Lord's table. And for some churches, even which political party we feel most comfortable with. But on one point, we all agree. God became flesh and dwelt among us. Do you see how important that is? There was no other way that God could have possibly revealed God's nature to us. Suppose instead that God had chosen one of us, taken us back to heaven and and then sent us back down here to tell others. You think anybody would believe it? No. Years ago in the American magazine, Merle Kroll 
told a, tr- a true story from Alaska about an, an Eskimo from Greenland who was a part of one of the American North Pole expeditions. And then later, as a reward for his faithfulness, he was brought to New York City for a visit. He'd never seen anything like that before. He was amazed at what he saw there in New York City. And when he returned to his native village, he told them the stories about buildings that rose into the very face of the sky. He talked about streetcars, which he described as houses that moved along a trail. And people living in the houses as they moved. And he talked about the mammoth bridges and the artificial lights and and all of the other dazzling aspects of being a part of a large city. But then after he described all these wonders he had seen, the people just looked at him. And they did not believe him. In fact, they gave him a new name that stuck with him the rest of his life. Sagluk. Sagluk which means liar. Do you see that there was no other way that God could have done it than to come here himself? It was essential that the God of all creation take upon himself the flesh and the frailty of human beings. It was essential that God would incarnate God's self in the form of Jesus Christ. And so today we are thankful for our inheritance. We're thankful for the incarnation that makes that inheritance possible. And finally, we are thankful for our inclusion into the family of God. Paul writes, For God was pleased to have All God's fullness dwell in Christ and through Christ to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Dr. Claude H. Barlow, a missionary to China, was one of the most revered foreigners to ever work in that land. However, there was a strange disease that was there uh, during his time. It was caused by a terrible parasite that was killing many of the people there. And Dr. Barlow, who was a medical physician, he was helpless to do anything about it. There was no research for this disease. There was no laboratory to research this, this disease. And so Dr. Barlow began his own research. He studied the disease. He, he filled notebooks with all kinds of observations And then he he procured a vial of these parasites and set sail for the United States. But he knew that they would never let him into this country with a vial of parasites. So he did something extraordinary. He drank that vial. He placed those parasites into his own body. And then he went when he got to the United States, he went to Johns Hopkins University Hospital to be observed. Claude Barlow became a very sick man, but he allowed his old professors at John Hopkins to use him as a guinea pig. And fortunately, a cure was found, which later on a healthy Claude Barlow was able to take back to China, and his efforts saved the lives of thousands of people. 
When asked about that experience, Dr. Barlow replied, anyone would have done the same thing. I just happened to be in a position to offer my body. Well, I doubt that just anyone would have done the same thing. In fact, it is only a person with a very special kind of love that would make that kind of sacrifice. But listen to this, my friends. Christ made that kind of sacrifice. And it is that very special kind of love proceeding from the heart of God that holds this world together. Indeed, without that love from God, we would all be orphans in a strange and hostile universe. So, have I helped you to take your mind off of the superficial reasons for celebrating Thanksgiving this year? I hope so. Let's give thanks. But let's do it for the right reasons. Let's, let's give thanks for our inheritance as children of God. Let's give thanks for the incarnation that makes our inheritance possible. And let's give thanks for our inclusion into the family of God. An inclusion made possible by one who took creation's longest walk from the throne of heaven to a stable in Bethlehem to a lonely cross on a hill called Calvary and then back to heaven again. Those are the things for which all of us can be thankful. And so happy Thanksgiving, folks. May our hearts always be filled with gratitude to God. Amen. Let us lift our voices with grateful song as we sing number 380, our closing hymn, In the Family of God. from here. Be thankful always. Have gratitudes in your hearts to the Lord. Let your life overflow with praise. And the God of all love and grace, the giver of every good and perfect gift, 
will fill your life with happy songs of joy. Amen.